welcome to the Fortress Comic News, episode 72. My name is Chris. My name is Mike. And we're the co-hosts. I forgot I did it again. We're the co-hosts? Yeah. Yeah. We're the we're the hosts the hostess with the mostest. Because I don't know. I don't know what. We're gonna get it, we're gonna get it down. We hit we honestly, I, I mean it shows we don't practice the intro. We gotta we gotta work on a, a an intro that flows. Because it kind of just like, you always hit that roadblock. All right, we're the hosts. And yeah. here we go. Okay. But it's like, what do we do? We've got to find some filler. We'll get it by episode 100. It'll be fine. I don't know if we have to like, yeah, give our age and our heights <laughs> or something. I don't know. Some type of useless info to fill that gap. So, Mike, I went to a con this weekend. Wow, you did. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, you don't say. Uh, yeah, Chris went to a con without me, um, and it's just it just happened to be I'm I'm booked until July, um, but the show must go on. And Chris did a fantastic job. He went to Nickel City Con in Buffalo. You want to you want to talk about that, Chris? You want to talk about your experience? Yeah, it's probably the best con they do in uh, New York. Although, you know, Albany was their first year, so we'll see how they do. But I love going to Nickel City. Uh, this is like my fourth year going, first year going with press passes. And uh, it was just a ton of fun. They get like really cool guests. Like we got to talk with uh, Peter Tomase and Frank Cho and Chris Burnham, uh, Ron Mars, who I was so nervous to talk to that I fucked up his uh, <laughs> what he does for a living. <laughs> yeah. But he was really cool and he just went on with it. And, uh, He's even like gave me contact info. To, he's like, I want to be on the show and let's uh, do something. Uh, Ron, Ron Mars did uh, so, Aliens and Batman, right? Ron Mars has done everything. Yeah, but he, <laughs> he did uh, the. But more importantly, he did the crossover between a, where Batman's fighting aliens. Yeah, <laughs> like the alien. And I, I think his big claim to fame is he killed uh, Hal Jordan and turned yeah. him into the Spectre. Yeah, turned him into the Spectre. Went on a killing rampage. Then everybody's new favorite Kyle Rayner shows up. Yeah. The guy's a legend for sure. So it's really cool. It, it's like, you know, most of the cons we go to, it's this one's actually a two floor con because they do a second floor. And it's one of the reasons I really wanted you to come too, is because the second floor is really, it's all horror. Oh, it's all that's about horror sad. movies and horror yeah. comics and so on and so forth. So I stay away from that because that's not my gig. But if you were there, we would have gone around. Yeah, I didn't know that. Um, but they did a cool thing for kids. A lot of, like, the local library was there giving away books and comics and cool little things. But then, like cool. I said, upstairs, tons of people, cool guests. The big guests for them, like any con wrestling people, it's Hulk Hogan. So mm -hmm. Hulk Hogan's there. Yeah. And... uh I don't think I put the pictures out there on Instagram or anything, but I we also took my girlfriend and her son, and we got pictures. And you'll see in one of the pictures that there's a Groot in the background, uh -huh. and they they put a mustache on him and like basically Hulk Hoganized him. Oh man! And then someone else came as Chewbacca, and they did the NWO Hulk Hogan. <laughs> And it was fantastic. They were walking around the whole day and uh, great cosplay, cool people there. 
uh, like met some cool people, you know, got some cool contacts. It was a fun time. If you're in the Buffalo area or anywhere in New York, that's the con to look forward to every year. Um, I don't know if you can hear that. Can you hear that dog barking? I can. I think he supports Nickel City Con too. <laughs> I think he wants his voice to be heard. <laughs> it's a problem with summertime. There's just animals outside making tons of noise. Um, for the for the realistic effect, we're just gonna leave it in. I think. Oh yeah. But that's cool. You didn't get to meet Hulk Hogan. You didn't like have him rip his shirt off or anything. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, I did. I made an attempt over at the celebrity area once. And then we walked by it a few times. It, dude, it was so packed. And, and they really, that's who, that's was the reason I went over there. Was I was going to yeah. see if Jay Muse wanted to talk. And they have it set up where you you have to go through a line uh-huh. to pay for the privilege to go through a line and talk to these people. Wow. And and when I say that, you're you're paying for you know the signature, the autograph, or the uh, the picture or whatever. So. Mm-hmm. It really just didn't seem worth it. Yeah. To be honest. And, but it was fine. Like I said, I, there was a few celebrity guests I would like to talk to, but at the end of the day, I want to talk to comic people. Yeah. There's some, uh, there's some, there's some cool interviews that we're going to cut to in the middle of the show. Um, we don't have an interview today, but, um, yeah, that's, that's awesome, dude. I, yeah, the Tomasi and everything like that. That's, you got some cool guests, Chris Burnham, um, yeah, so uh, I I had a weekend of just filled with um, video games, <laughs> just the way I like it. Uh, I haven't seen oh, Deadpool that. two yet. Um, are you gonna go see Deadpool two? Came out this weekend. No, I know you have no interest. I I might just wait till next weekend. Uh, my family's here, so I might go see it with them. I um, have a curiosity, <laughs> but oh, okay. <laughs> at the same time, I'm just like I know I'm gonna go there and hate it. I did so, finish. Uh, I finished Ninja Batman last night. That's what I watched. Um, which that was that was out of control. <laughs> yeah. Just when I thought I couldn't get any more Japanese, they started building like giant mechazords. <laughs> <laughs> each like each villain has their own giant uh, like Gundam giant robot, and then of course they all assemble together to fit to make one super robot. <laughs> Um, then the part shows up where like Robin ha- brings like that monkey army that turns into a giant. All the monkeys assemble together to turn into a giant monkey. I was like, this cannot get any more Japanese. <laughs> yeah, it was ridiculous, but I loved it. It was like it was like all caps ninja Batman. <laughs> it's like more ninja than it was Batman, <laughs> but it was it was really good. Um, yeah. So did you watch Flash this week? I did. Um. And in between all the drama and the emotional stuff, it's uh it's it's pretty good. Um of course, the uh well the bit the big thing for this uh episode was they um they destroyed the the thing this the satellites, right? Or they thought they did. And <laughs> like I said last week, you think Flash would learn <laughs> every time they do something, oh wait, the thinker is one step ahead of you. Um uh, he it goes. He somehow sneaks into the uh, um, the Flash headquarters, and he gets to Gideon, and he starts the uh, well, what do they call it? The really cheesy name, the uh, Enlightenment. Yeah. <laughs> he he ignites that, and so everybody's gonna forget everything. Um, 
Maybe we'll just get a reboot. I didn't think about this. What if they just reboot like season one again? It's just all over. They could really use this opportunity. It's the end of the season. He's wiping everybody's brains. This could be like a hard reset, almost like rebirth. I, I'm super curious about that because you got one episode left, and yeah. shit hit the fan. Yeah. So like, what are they gonna do? Yep. But and I, I definitely think um, that speedster that they're showing around is definitely um, uh, Cecile's daughter for sure. The one that showed up at the house. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, that's why she's like saying something about kids and she like showed up at the house. Yeah, it was definitely it's gotta be her daughter from like the future. So we're getting to time travel again, and she's a speedster somehow. I don't know, apparently just hanging out next to Barry Allen. Your 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 DNA <laughs> gets what some happens, speed. man. Unless it's not Joe West, baby. <laughs> <laughs> How did I not think about this? <laughs> Barry got in there. Oh, it's Barry. Oh, man. Joe's going to be pissed. <laughs> oh, man. Joe becomes the reverse Flash. It'll be fantastic. Oh, my God. That's the next season. Joe becomes the <laughs> villain because because Barry has sex with Lucille. That's his kid. Oh, wow. Wow. Or what? it even better? What if it's like uh, Jay Garrick? Jay Garrick snuck, snuck over to Earth One. For some fr- for some frisky time. <laughs> I wish I you knew cheated more. on me with someone on another planet or another parallel universe. I wish I knew more like Jay Garrick villains, because then I'd be then we could just like try to figure out who it was. Yeah, like they've been teasing that Joe was actually it. this villain the whole time. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'd be so good. Well, if that's not the next season, it should be. That's what I'm saying. They still got time to write it in. Yeah, Berlantis, you listening? Yeah, listen up. Um, anyways, but yeah, one more episode. I'm excited to see where it goes. Uh, Westworld. Um, uh, episode three or four? I can't remember. Whatever the latest episode number is. is Dude, there's so much going on in every episode. Every episode's like a movie, but we got a, a little more glimpse into like what happened when the guy, when the man in black like purchases the park and all this stuff. Uh, he's been trying to replicate his... Um, his father-in-law like he they took his mind and uploaded it to one of the um one of the hosts or the uh the the robots and he keeps going and doing these tests to see how long his mind can stay before it like starts to like malfunction um because there's something that goes wrong with the cognitive cognitive part of the brain where he tries to like remember conversations from like they've had in the past and the robot starts to like short circuit or some shit like that. Um, so it's weird. So they're definitely, they're up, they're not only just making robots for the park, but they're, they're like trying to upload consciousness of like people who have died into these robots. Just pretty crazy. Um, yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on. There's a lot of people that are fighting to get to, um, the edge of the park, whatever that means. The, that's like the goal that they're trying to get to. Um, and, a really big development of the last episode is the man in black actually like you find out he had a wife and a kid and he's just been in the park the whole time. Well, um, he actually shows some emotion in part of the part of the episode. And then at the end of the episode, he meets up with his daughter who's been in the park as well. And like, it was a character that you were like, 
it's just like the man in black. Like she loves being in the park. She doesn't give a shit about anyone or anything, kills people really good at killing people. And then like they meet up and she's like, Oh, Hey dad. And I'm like, Oh man, how did I not see this? coming?" <laughs> it was one of those moments. It was like, uh, how, yeah, it was like, it makes so much sense, but they like, you didn't see it coming at all. It was great. Um, yeah. So that's, uh, that's Westworld. And you know, I've, I've been hearing bad things about Arrow. I've heard Arrow has been really bad. Um, I just haven't haven't watched it. I, I might wait till it hits Netflix. That's yeah. That's where I'm at with Arrow and uh, uh, Legend of Tomorrow because I fell off because I just ran out of time to do stuff. And then my DVR or my not my DVR, but my uh, on demand works where it only saves like four episodes or something. Wow. And I've. Uh, yeah. I personally, I just finished watching season three of Rick and Morty because it finally came out. Oh, you did? Yeah, you and liked it? It was really good. I, yep. I, I agree with you. It's not as good as the first two seasons, but it's still really good, and I still laughed. It's still Rick and Morty, so, and it's it's yeah. all the same humor and stuff. It's good. And uh, um, I I really like the episode where he like the Avengers episode where he gets yeah. so drunk that he creates a yes um, a trap for himself, and they think it's gonna be Morty, and it ends up being like the the janitor or whatever that's that's the episode that goes back like to the uh season one episode one of rick and morty where he gets too drunk and creates a bomb that's how the show starts off like yeah and that's how that happens that he gets he gets blackout drunk and creates a neutrino bomb um and then yeah uh, the the adventures parody was great and then flash where i talked about the only thing i've been watching and nobody wants to hear me talk about it here but uh the the new season of roseanne what? I've been digging on that, yeah. <laughs> There's a new season of Roseanne? There is. Anyone doesn't oh. know, I absolutely love old sitcoms. I don't <laughs> know what it is. It just, there's something about them. Uh, you know, any of them. Roseanne, Home Improvement, Seinfeld, like, I love I love that Seinfeld, stuff. yeah. So, when they announced the new season of Roseanne, I was just like, I'm all, I'm all about it. And yeah. Chris, you got so excited by hearing that. Like, I don't, I don't think I've, I would talk. To, I don't think I've talked to anyone that's come up to me and said, "Dude, Roseanne's back on the air." <laughs> Dude, it was funny because I, uh, I brought it up to uh, our local comic shop owner. Yeah, and obviously he's a little older, so he was probably like, he was alive when that show was airing, whereas I watched yeah. it reruns as a kid. Yeah, and like we just started nerding out about like old Roseanne. That's oh my god, pretty fantastic. But yeah. That's basically all I've been watching and just trying to do stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I just um, between like being busy and trying to play through Diablo three campaign now and stuff, it's a lot of time consuming. Yeah, and you know now that DC wants to give me its own streaming service. Yeah. Uh Speaking yeah. of DC streaming service, wow! Hey, look at that segue. Um, the Doom, there were apparently we're getting a Doom Patrol show that's going to be spinning out of the the Titans show on DC Universe. So not only do, have we seen we haven't seen Titans yet, but <laughs> we've already got a spinoff from Titans. Yeah. So I I, I don't know how that's going to work because apparently like they're showing up and then it's going to be like a Flash thing where he showed up in Arrow and now he's got his own show. Yeah. And I don't know. It we'll see because right now what we're seeing out of Titans isn't looking so great. So I don't, I don't know how excited I'm gonna get about a spin off of a show I'm not all that excited about. Yeah, I don't really 
And uh, first off, I don't really agree with the whole new Doom Patrol they're doing with Gerard Way. I guess I guess it's really popular with people. Um, the classic Doom Patrol, like Grant Morrison style, was where where I it, I mean really got popular. But well, we I don't, don't know. we don't normally, or at least I try not to talk about stuff that you know we want to, or not that we want to shit on, but that we would shit on on the show. Yeah, yeah. But like they just announced that that whole brand is going away soon, so I don't know how good it's really doing. Yeah. That could just be it's done. They did their story and they're out, or it could be yep. your sales fucking suck and get out of here. Like we don't know. <laughs> Nobody wants to read Doom Patrol. I don't think but, they didn't want to read Doom Patrol. I mean, back when Grant Morrison was running it, it's just not. I know, it's one of those team ups that just I don't. I, I feel like people don't find value in that. I mean, there's so many other options like Suicide Squad and stuff. I don't know um, that are more yeah. popular. But I'm not saying that I don't like Doom Patrol. I love Grant Morrison's Doom Patrol. So. I have the Omnibus, so if you ever want to read it sometime, you can borrow that thing. It weighs about 85 pounds. You can carry it around. Bitch, I got the original issues. Yeah, you have them? <laughs> yeah, I have the whole run. Oh, man. Yeah, after I finish the Invincible Collection, I'll, I'm going to work on Doom Patrol. Um, there's it's so much other stuff. It's not that hard of a run to get. I don't know yeah. I do. Because all the issues are like 25 cents. <laughs> I think I got the whole, like, the entire run for under... 30 bucks yeah it's just because nobody wants it (laughs) (laughs) it's like occupying space in people's collections i remember Um, when i when i saw it at the comic shop and i was like oh man grant morrison's doom patrol is all excited and i grabbed it and he was just like he literally just got it out of a collection mm -hmm. and he's just like really want it so well it depends how much he told me 30 and i was like in a second i'll take it and he goes thank god it doesn't have to sit on my shelf forever Like, whatever, you know, at least someone got yeah. it. I liked it. It's like 80 issues, isn't it? The whole run? I mean, Graham Morrison's run was like, I don't know, uh, 20 to something. The whole run, yeah, but I have up right before. Okay, when this purchase I'm talking about had everything up until um, Codpiece. Oh, uh, okay. So, literally, after. That when we found out about copies, I ended up going out and buying more of them. I think I have up to <laughs> fifty or something. Oh, okay, awesome. Okay, well, we got some movie news um, before we get into the uh, the con interviews. Um, Disney's talking about that their next Star Wars spinoff movie is going to be Lando, um, which is, I mean, are they still doing the are they still doing the uh, Obi Wan movie, Ben Kenobi? Yeah, that's those kind of came out side by side because I I don't think Obi One's been officially announced. I don't think they really said what they're doing after Han. Like, you, Ewan McGregor is still there. Like, hey guys, I'm here, <laughs> and nobody's like listening to him. But they've showed interest in it. They, I, I'm not 100 percent sure what's going on there. But they said like, like if you saw that a lot of the initial reviews coming out, or I should say initial thoughts, they weren't really reviews, were fairly positive. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of them said, like, it starts slow, but once it gets into it, it's a really good movie. We're talking about Solo? Yeah, and that um, Donald Glover was the, the best part of the movie. Yeah. So I think Disney's looking at that and saying, why don't we just give him his own movie then? <laughs> yeah. Um, and, yeah. I don't know, I want to see Solo before... I make a decision on that, but I mean, yeah. I'd be down for a, a Lando movie. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm going to watch it, but uh, the initial reviews are are definitely not as, um, 
I think they're probably out of all the new Star Wars movie, they might be the lowest reviews so far, I think. Yeah, because a lot of them are like, it's good. Whereas like, I, I remember Force Awakens, it was just like, this is fucking amazing. Star Wars is back, blah, blah, blah. Uh-huh. Rogue One, I can't believe that a Star Wars movie could be something other than what we've known. Uh-huh. And then yeah. a lot of reviewers liked uh, Last Jedi, actually. It's really the fans that are half and half. So I remember that was just like, this is the best movie since. Empire. But there's so many Star Wars movies you're going to love and you're going to hate some of them. I mean, yeah. regardless, I mean, look at the DC movies. I enjoyed a lot of them and the, the reviews are garbage. So, um, I mean, it's going to make a billion dollars in a week, <laughs> no matter what the reviews are. <laughs> well, it's already we talked about it weeks ago. It's already uh, outdid um, Black Panthers yeah. initial sales. And so Avengers like, just beat uh, uh, what Avengers beat Jurassic World for the top box office sales. Yeah. So, so I mean, it's like these, these movies make money. I mean, yeah. no matter what you say. But we'll see. I mean, it's this weekend. I'm going. Yeah, I, I'm I think, sure you're going to sneak away. Yeah, I think Lando looks really good um, in it. So I could see why Disney Disney could just be like, yeah, we'll just make him a movie. It's not going to cost us anything, whatever. I'm sure he signed on for like a three-movie deal, too. Yeah. Um, all right, so let's, uh, let's cut to the interviews from uh, Nickel City Comic Con. We'll see you guys on the other side. Everybody, I'm here with Chris Burnham, uh, artist for Batman Incorporated, and of course the Nameless from Image Comics. How are you doing today? Yeah, pretty great. Thanks. So you've gotten to work with one of mine and my co-host's favorite writers, Grant Morrison. How is it working for him in real life? I work with him, not for him, uh, but it is awesome. <laughs> did I say for him? You sure did. <laughs> I think we all work for Grant Morrison. So tell us, uh, I didn't. Check out Nameless. What is the Nameless about? Uh, Nameless is a crazy uh, sci-fi horror series. It's super weird, super gross. Uh, it's kind of a, an urban chaos magician gets hired by a team of billionaires to go up to outer space to uh, help deflect an asteroid that's going to you know, destroy the Earth. And it's kind of filled with demons, and it's, uh, it's very disturbing, utterly disgusting. Lots of you know, vivisections and horrible nightmares and stuff. It's great. Sounds very Grant Morrison. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, you said that you have a project coming up, but it's a secret project, so we can't talk about it. But if people wanted to find out about that project when it happens, where can they follow you? Uh, I'm on Twitter. Uh, I'm the Burnham on Twitter, and uh, I basically don't do Facebook or Instagram or anything. So Twitter's basically the place to find me. Okay, Twitter's always a great place. So thanks for taking time to talk to us. Hey, thank you. And have a great con. Thanks. Hello, everybody. I'm here with Kevin Delgado, and we're going to talk about the book Volantis that he co- uh, created. So, uh, how's the con going today? It's going good. I, uh, it's a great show. I mean, the turnout's great, so I can't complain, you know. Everything's good. So, you just gave me the pitch in the book off camera. Yeah. Let's hear the p- pitch on camera. Okay. Volantis takes place in a dystopian future, roughly 100 years from now, after a cataclysmic event wipes out the majority of life on the planet. And uh, it's a family drama. Uh, the matriarch of the family has grown corrupt with power over a hundred year reign and uh, her great grandson wants to take back power and and give it back to the people. Sounds awesome man. So you've got three issues out right now? Yep, Yep. three issues out now and four should be coming out this summer. I'm thinking of like a July release. Okay. So where can people find the book they're interested? Uh, Volantis is on sale at Queen City Bookstore, uh, Gutter Pop Comics in South Buffalo and uh, Gutter, Gutter Pop on Elmwood and Empire Comics in South Buffalo. And I have a website too, it's kevindelgado.co. 
Awesome, man. Well, I hope you have a great show. The book looks cool. you got some great prints here. So everybody check him out at his website. And, uh, yeah, thanks, man. Thank you. Appreciate it. Hey, everybody. I'm here with Frank Cho. How's, how's it going today? I'm doing good. Thank you. Having a good con? Uh, having a fantastic show. <laughs> so we know you from all types of different stuff, including uh, Wolverine, Harley Quinn, and other uh, creator-owned stuff. Uh, you said you had a book coming out right now. Is there anything you can tell us about that? I know it hasn't been announced quite yet. Uh, it hasn't been announced yet. Uh, I'm going to announce it once it's done. Okay. <laughs> Learn and, my lesson. And where can people uh, go to f hear that announcement? Uh, probably going to launch it as a Kickstarter. Uh, so we're kind of toying with that idea right now. So I'm about a third way done right now. So the comment about learning your lesson, is that uh, the Guns and Dinos lesson? Guns and Dino and Skyborn lesson, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was going to be my next question because that's a book I was really looking forward to. Uh, so you got a bunch of great stuff here. Is there anything else coming out right now that you're involved with, whether it be covers, interiors, anything on the, that people can purchase today? Uh, I'm actually working on the Batman 50 variant cover right now in the hotel room. Uh, so Fantastic. Sure trying that all last night. Uh, I have basically at this point I'm a cover guy for um, a lot of the books right now uh, I guess the big project that that will come out soon in the next uh, three four months is a uh, uh, ballpoint pen uh, art book which will collect all my ballpoint pen art uh, art that sounds fantastic well thanks for taking a second to talk to us we really appreciate it thank you and you have a great con thank you I'm here with Jamie Stephanie and Joe from uh, kicking ice how you guys doing today? Awesome. Good show. So uh, you got a really cool book here, something very unique and uh, about a subject I had no idea existed until right now. So why don't you go ahead and pitch it to my viewers? Sure. Uh, so Kicking Ice is the, a story about two girls learning to play hockey inspired by their heroes in the National Women's Hockey League. Um, so we were kind of part, partnering with the National Women's Hockey League to tell a little bit about their story through the eyes of the girls that they're inspiring, kind of the next generation of female athletes, uh, which is awesome because when I grew up playing hockey, uh, the Olympic team didn't even exist yet, so I didn't know women did play hockey. Um, so actually watching little girls grow up with these role models has been such an inspiration to the project and obviously to these little girls that we are kind of honoring in the comic itself and honoring these players that are some of the first to kind of take these steps for the, these female athletes. And uh, Jamie here is drawing the interior. Yeah. Joe did some awesome, but she's a local Buffalo artist, so she did our, our Buffalo tribute covers that we have here with us today. And you said a lot of the proceeds are going towards the National Women's Hockey League? Yes. Uh, we are actually donating most of what we make to the NWHL. They do a lot of community outreach. Um, so we're trying to help kind of foster those programs that they, that they have for their athletes. And uh, so you drew the book. Yes. Uh, the book has a very cartoony style to it. I mean, how was how drawing the book for you? Uh, well, I didn't know a lot about hockey when I started the book, and then now I can draw hockey helmets in my sleep uh, <laughs> very, very easily. Um, it's I, The learning process, and what's great about the book is these girls are learning hockey, and I was able to learn hockey with them. <laughs> so there are certain things, uh, it's, it's a lot of fun. There's a lot of hockey, there's a lot of motion and a lot of movement in the book. Uh, and the cartoony style, I think, helps illustrate the uh, the action moments yeah it looks like a, uh, the art is really great so 
I'm gonna swing over to you real quick. So you did the cover for it for the local Buffalo team. Uh, do you have it here with you today? Uh, yes. So we have our covers here. And uh, you can see we've got, um, from the 1920s, there was actually a group of women who used to play shinny outdoors in the winter in their bathing suits. So we got that mentioned there on the uh, cover there. It's kind of a little bit of history. Buffalo uh, City Seal, some Art Deco inspiration. Uh, yeah, so a little bit of a tribute to the Buffalo Buttes, a little lo local Buffalo history as well. Is this an actual team that plays in the WNHL, or is this... Uh, it is, okay. So, everybody, where can my viewers find the book when it uh, becomes official? You can pre-order it at kickingice.com. Um, we have hardcover, softcover, digital, and also, like, way too much swag, like hockey pucks, hockey jerseys. We, we went a little crazy, but um, it's all fun stuff. So, kickingice.com. Kickingice.com. There's a bunch of great covers, including my favorite by Amanda Connor. Hey everybody, I'm here with Ron Mars, legendary comic book artist. How are you doing today, Ron? I'm good, how are you? Doing great. So, uh, I mean, we could go on forever about all the stuff you worked on. You have an amazing career. But since I'm here with you right now, let's talk about the new book. You have Beast of the Black Hand. So give everyone the pitch. Uh, it's a uh, diesel punk post-World War One adventure that's sort of a mix of espionage and horror. Uh, starts off with the assassination of Rasputin by a British MI6 agent named Oswald Rayner. Yeah, his name was actually Oswald Rayner. Uh, second time I've written a Rayner in my career. Um, so all of this is based on, on real people. Oswald Rayner was an actual British secret agent at the time who um, who is reported to be the guy who actually killed Rasputin. Um, so in our story, we take that as our leaping off point and... Uh, the rest of it is uh, kind of diesel punk, steampunk, uh, monsters summoned from uh, from elder chaos to threaten post World War One Europe. Sounds awesome. So over your whole career, you've worked on everything. <laughs> and uh, so, who was your favorite character to do? Um, you know, it's like trying to pick between your kids, which one <laughs> you like best. Uh, a lot of you know, a lot of the gigs ended up being favorites because of the artist I was working with, uh, or the character. It has to be the right mix of of creative casting on a book to to really make it click. Um, I've been lucky enough to work with a huge range of of amazing artists. Um, any story that I write is only as good as the guy drawing it or the woman drawing it. Um, so um, you know. Obviously, I love doing Green Lantern. I love doing Silver Surfer. Uh, the times that I've gotten to write Tarzan, I've loved that. I love doing Witchblade. Um, I guess you can tell which ones I like the most because those are where my longest runs are. <laughs> so uh, everybody can find most of your books in their local comic book store or uh, any digital storefront. But if they want to follow you to keep up with what's next and uh, that you're working on, where can they find you? Uh, best spot is Twitter. Um, usually on there every day when I'm chained to my desk writing. Uh, Twitter provides the necessary distraction, and it's just at Ron Mars. All right. Thanks for sitting down with us. I really appreciate it. No problem, man. Hey, everybody. I'm here with Dan, author of Monsters in Manhattan. How are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. How are you? I'm doing great. So I was just flipping through the book. You're giving me the pitch. It looks awesome. Why don't you give my viewers the pitch? Okay, Monsters in Manhattan is about a boy who lives in New York City. And everywhere he goes to all the famous landmarks and tourist attractions, he finds there's different monsters that live at each one. The Statue of Liberty has a mummy. There's zombies on the bus. What's the one thing zombies think about? 
Brains. That's what these zombies think about. There's vampires in the pizza place. There's ghosts in the elevator. There's a gargoyle that climbed to the top of the Empire State Building to get a good view of the city. But then he realized he had a fear of heights, so he can never come back down. That sounds fantastic. The art is great. Uh, it looks really cool, and I, you've had a bunch of kids come here interested in it. So where can people find the book if they're interested? It's a really easy to remember, monstersinmanhattan.com. If you go there, you can get the books. But you can also see what's even cooler, a map of all of New York City with locations on where all the monsters are and their biographies and fun facts about the city. And you said there's two volumes out, but you're doing more. Is yeah, that correct? There's actually, these are part one and part two, and parts three and parts four come out in the fall and then in the spring. That's awesome, man. Hey, thanks for taking time to talk Thank to you. us, and have a great con. Thank you. Hey everybody, I'm here at Nickel City Comic Con. I'm here with an old uh, guest of the show and friend, Nigel Carrington. How's it going today, Nigel? Yeah, I'm doing good. How are you guys doing out there? I'm great. What's up, Chris? You so, so you got a new book out. It's uh, You just told me the name of it and I already forgot it. Nancy. Nancy. Yeah. It's uh, basically uh, African, West African folklore, right? Kind of like how uh, Black Panther is based in West Africa. This character is also from West Africa, too. You know, so, um, yeah. And it's a West Indian uh, book, too, as well. So, in the book, you will get, like, um, a breakdown of uh, what we speak, Patois, kind of like what Jamaicans and stuff speak, right? You get, like, a, a definition table. So, the book is in a, a little bit of a different language, if you want to say so. You know, and, um, yeah, you guys will like it. Definitely a good book. And it's also about mental health awareness and and stuff like that. So it's chock full of different stuff in this new project I'm working on. Cool, and you're writing and drawing it? Uh, yeah, I'm writing it with the help of like other writers too as well, right? I had a, a writer from, a couple writers from Trinidad that helped me, you know, put it together too. And, you know, I had my uh, old friend Joe Janowitz that helped me with Black Man, White Man, put it together too as well, so yeah. yeah. That's awesome, man. Glad to hear everything's going great. Yeah. So uh, thanks for talking with us. And uh, anytime, Chris. Yeah, always. All right. Hello, everybody. I'm here with Peter Tomasi, writer for DC Comics. He's done Superman, Super Sons, Batman and Robin. The list goes on. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing great. So uh, how's the con going for you? Uh, it's going great. Just started out today. I mean, Friday was uh, the first day, but now you know, obviously Saturdays are when everybody starts coming in. Uh, so so far, so good. Awesome. So you just got done doing Action Comics 1000. How was that? Oh, it was a blast. I mean, it was an honor to work on something so historical and, uh, you know, meaningful. So I'm really happy to have had a chance to, uh, to work on it. So one thing I've always been curious about, you started off as an editor for DC. How was the switch from editing to writing for you? Was it a natural switch or did it, how did that go? Um, yeah, it was pretty much a natural switch. Uh, I was a writer. I've been writing long before I was an editor. So um, my own stuff and screenplays and things like that. So... Um, editing was just sort of another gear you learn and uh, you put stories together and hire staff to, to make the comics come to life and so you're, you're sort of in a story gear anyway when you're working with a writer um, that you're hiring at that point so it was it was an easy transition for me to just uh, eventually be able to go on the other side of the desk and then uh, you know tell all these great stories with these great characters that's awesome I've always said that you're one of the most underrated writers at DC right now I've been f following you for a while I love the Batman run. Uh, the Super Sons run's been a lot of fun. So I know you said you couldn't talk about what's next, but everybody, uh, 
do you know when stuff's getting announced or? Um, I think another month it'll be a big, uh, the month or two months, there'll be pretty much everything will be laid out from, uh, from what I'm doing now. Um, and I've, I've got a new book that just came out from Abrams Publishing called The Bridge. It's um, about the building of the Brooklyn Bridge. It's really a great epic story. It's a 200-page graphic novel. Um, got some great reviews. So if anybody's interested in that kind of story uh, about like just the American spirit and the willpower to make something like that come to pass in, that, in the 1800s, it's a really wonderful American story. And where's the best way for everybody to follow you and to see these great announcements that are going to be coming up soon? Um, probably Twitter and whatever feeds that uh, I guess DC uses to, to, to let that stuff go out. So it kind of varies. All right. Hey, thanks for taking a second to talk to us. I really appreciate it. And we're back. Woohoo! Yay, wow. I did it. Travel. Yeah, he did it. Chris did it on his own again. But we're not going to talk about how well he does without me, so... Um, moving on, <laughs> comic news. Um, Tom King teased a huge story for Booster Gold at the at the center of the DC universe. Um, what could it be? Who knows? But I will tell you that. I mean, I'm going to talk about the book later on. But holy crap, I want a Booster Gold series from Tom King so badly. I have my prediction. Okay, what do you think? Remember last week, I think, we talked about a possible book coming called Crisis? Yeah. I think Tom King is writing Crisis. Oh, yeah. That would make... Okay. <laughs> yeah. And then it only makes yeah. sense that Booster would be somewhere in the middle of all that. I think they might make... If they, if they you know, do it right, they can make Booster Gold the most important hero in the DC universe. Good. I, and I that's, really, that's what I, he's, always, he's always wanted that, right? I mean, when yeah. he first became Booster Gold, he wanted to be the most popular, famous here. Oh, man, if Tom King gives him what he wants, holy crap. I really think that that's what they're doing, that Tom King is the one that is going to do the next event, whether it's called Crisis or whatever. Yeah. That Booster Gold's at the center of it. Yeah. And when that book is done, he is going to do an ongoing Booster Gold book. Oh, man. I just got so excited. Y'all heard it here first. That's my prediction. As as a longtime fan who has Booster Gold number one in my collection that you could buy, uh, probably up until recently, you could buy, someone would pay you to take that book off their shelf. <laughs> They're like, you want Booster Gold number one? Here, you could have it. Um, man. You know, everybody laughs at me when I talk about Booster Gold being such an incredible hero. Just remember... Uh, so you all have already heard the interviews I had at Nickel City. All three of the big guys that work for DC told me that they have a big book coming up. They can't talk about it. And it'll be announced in a couple months. What yep. is in a couple months, Mike? Uh, hold on. San Diego Comic-Con. Yeah, I had to check the date. It's July. It'll be July. It'll be San Diego. San Diego Comic-Con. We're going to get big announcements. I think this is one of them. Nice. I like that. Yeah, it all makes sense. Yeah, everybody had, they're like, everybody's like, yeah, I can't talk about it. Yeah. Trying to get Cho to spill the beans. I tried. Cho to spill the beans. beans. I mean, a man dressed like that, he's got to have, he's, I, he's not, you're not going to break him. He's just, he's too professional. I also tried to get him to let me go to uh, his hotel room, and then security came, and it got real awkward, so... (laughs) 
I just wanted yeah, to see Batman 50 cover, man. That's all I Yeah, I know. He, yeah, he said he was drawing the uh, the Batman 50 cover in his hotel room. Like, that's pretty funny. Usually when you go to those cons, all those artists are, like, sitting there, like, working. <laughs> Almost all of them. Um, yeah, so I really hope it's a Booster Gold book. Uh, the, the DC Looney Tune crossovers are happening in August, um, which are going to be hilarious. Yeah, so everyone, you ready for the for the list? I got the list. Oh yeah, he's got the full list. I I, I thought we talked about it before, but no, we talked because they're doing um, Hanna Barbera DC uh, crossovers. Oh, so now we're getting then now they're going back to the Looney Tunes. Yes, so okay. they're all fantastic. They all fit. I can't. I'm going to buy all of them. They look amazing. Okay, so we've got Catwoman and Tweety and Sylvester. Oh my god! And it's written by Gail Simone. Oh my god! This one you're not gonna be as excited, but I still think will be fun. It's Harley Quinn and Gossamer. Next, remember Gossamer? See? Yeah, I don't. I don't. I'm down for that. I know <laughs> I you won't be. This one, okay. This is where it really gets good. Okay. The Joker and Daffy Duck. Oh my god. Despicable. <laughs> I'm really excited is- for this. This is my number one, though. And once you see the cover, it makes it that much better. Lex Luthor and Porky Pig. Holy shit. Oh, my God. If anybody's going to be watching the, the YouTube channel, I'll describe it for the, the listeners at home. It's a pig dressed in a suit, a very humanoid pig. Not the normal porky piggies. It's very strange. Oh, man. I cannot wait to see that interaction, though. Oh, my God. How is that going to go down? So the last batch were really good. I mean, it's going to be hard to beat Batman Elmer Fudd, but still, I think you got some good pairs here. Yeah, the Batman Elmer Fudd by Tom King, nonetheless. So, Who's writing the Lex Luthor one? I didn't... The Gail Simone Catwoman is like, that's just genius. Yeah, the Palmiati and them are doing the Harley Quinn one. It's Mark Russell. Okay. Ooh, that name isn't really ringing a bell right now, but I'm sure I know who it is. Same. And they all have backup stories, but they don't say what the backup stories are, so we'll see. Okay. Um Kelly Thompson and Stefano Caselli are bringing back the West Coast Avengers. Um, what do you think about that? I think it's going to be popular. All right. Here we go. What's your, what are your thoughts? There's moments in life where you get the highest of highs and the lowest of lows. <laughs> this is one of those moments. Which I saw one's an this? announcement that said. Is this a lower high? It is both. I saw an announcement that said that the West Coast Avengers were coming back, and okay. I was so happy. I literally screamed in joy in my room. Yeah. And then I read who was on the team. And all yeah. I can tell you is that it's two different Hawkeyes, Kid Omega, someone I've never heard of, and Gwenpool. Wow. What a I'm- heaping... Trash bin. So of incredibly mad 
<laughs> why do they have two? Why would you have two Hawkeye? Those are literally all the characters that nobody wants to write right now. Is what it is. They don't have any. They don't have. They have nothing for those characters. Why are there two Hawkeyes? Listen, because there's two Hawkeyes right now. Um, oh god. <laughs> listen, what is happening? Kelly Thompson. She's a great writer, and yeah. Stefano. I, Stefano Ramirez, I think, was. Yeah. Is a fantastic artist. I'm sure the book will look good. I. Sure, Kelly has a great story, but I can't do Gwenpool. <laughs> I just can't yeah. do it. I still give Deadpool a shot whenever I can, but I can't do Gwenpool. And it's just, I was hoping so bad it was going to be a Clint Barton Hawkeye running a team that had Squirrel Girl in it and all the other original West Coast Avengers, and it's just so far off. The only thing that resembles the West Coast Avengers is that Clint Barton is on the team. Oh, man, this but, complete reboot of the whole team. Damn. Feels bad. Um, hey, but Donnie Cates is doing this announced a book with uh, Juan Ramirez. That could, that'll take your mind off it. It's uh, Vinam, Vinam, Venam. How do you how do you pronounce this? I was thinking Venam. I'm thinking it's like it's a reference to like Vietnam, right? And Venom. Did you read Venom number one? Yeah. So Venom number one talks about we talked about it. It's like the reboot of the the origin for him and stuff. But is this is this going to be a whole nother book or is this just what he's calling it? This is a whole nother book, and it's going to follow that team that we saw. Oh, special okay. agents in Vietnam. So it's Venom in Vietnam. So now Donnie Cates is writing two Venom books? Apparently, yes. And he's writing um, uh, the Ghost Rider book? Yes. And are, the next? Are, we, are we getting worried that he's, do- he's doing too many books now? <laughs> I don't know, because I know Ghost Rider is a five-issue limited. So I just my, so. my I'm not saying Donnie can't Donnie Cates can't pull it off. He's an amazing writer, but I'm going to talk about the Kirkman effect. Okay, um, you have this writer that you love and you everybody holds highly as the top tier writer, and then what happens is he gets too many books, and then when you get a lot of books and get really good at writing, they have you editing stuff and doing other stuff for other people, and then you start to you're you you start to invest a little more time in other stories and books than the than certain books and you start to lose quality i'm just saying i, I get the feeling because right now it's four books yeah i get the feeling that cosmic ghost Rider's done okay he's moved on. which is sad makes me sad rednecks he still does yeah i'm not too worried about that book because that also could be like a southern bastard situation where it comes out when it comes out mm-hmm I really think that he was offered the Venom book. He found a way to make it two books. <laughs> <laughs> and that's his universe that he's sticking with for a while. Okay. I hope I'm right there. I might be being optimistic here, but... We just got to get him on the show is what we got to do. We do. <laughs> yeah. But I think that's what's going on. I, I mean, the Venom was awesome. And I never thought I'd say that about a Venom book. Yeah, I know. So I'm down for another For me, one. especially, number one, I don't give a shit about Marvel. Number two, <laughs> Venom is probably my elite. I, he doesn't even, I don't even think of him when it comes to Marvel characters. Um, but yeah, that Donny Cates book, it was good. Um, 
So there's a spider spider Geddon tease. Um, yeah, there is. What do you think? What do you think about Spider Geddon? I think Miles is dying. That's what I think. <laughs> they're gonna, gonna they're gonna get rid of Miles. You think? I think they're really going to condense the universe yes condense okay. the universe yep and get rid of a lot of the these with your hands i'm like i know what he's, I know what he's trying what to I, say what i really think is here so if we all look back and we remember there was an announcement for a movie coming out in december it was a spider-man movie called into the uh spider-verse yeah we all remember this okay yeah so this is a project tease for the fall i think it's a five issue series I think it's a Venomverse, or I'm sorry, a Spider-Verse series. And I think that they're going to condense and get rid of all these characters. So Spider-Gwen's going away, and Miles is going away, and all these other characters. But, if I am right, I'm going to put money down that all these characters will come together, and they're going to bring back the Ultimate Universe. Hmm. I got a lot Maybe. of predictions on this show. Yeah, I hope I hope someone's keeping tabs or tally <laughs> of all these things. We gotta we'll have to go back and 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 then prove people that aha he was right the whole time. Yeah, because they got rid of the Ultimate Universe, right? Currently, yeah, the Ultimate Universe was brought into the regular Marvel Universe with yeah. uh, Secret Wars, so there is no Ultimate Universe. So it's almost like they're going from like an infinite, or a crisis on Infinite Earths to Infinite Crisis. They're like they're combining Earths and then sp- splitting the Earths. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. <laughs> and I, I, I think I really think that they're going to put Miles and Gwen, or Spider-Gwen into this Earth mm-hmm. and they're going to have their own cast of heroes it might not be the ultimate universe, but like yeah. it's going to be the ultimate universe. They'll call it something else. Yeah, and it's it's going to have its own continuity, and we're going to go back to how that was because if we all remember, they did the ultimate universe as a reboot, and then realized they could sell the same book twice, and we would all buy it. <laughs> and then they stopped doing the ultimate universe, and so I think the answer is well, we, it goes away for a few years, and then it comes right back. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Because that's how comics work. Yep. I could be way off on this. This is all coming from a black image that says Spider Geddon. <laughs> yeah. Chris yeah. doesn't have any insider info. He just <laughs> These are the things that went through his head. I just read too many comics is what it is. <laughs> yeah. You, you read too that stuff's rotting your brain, man. <laughs> um all right. So speaking of reading comics, wow, what a great segue. Another great segue by you today. It's almost like um, you do this for a living. Yeah. What did we read this week? Um, Batman number 49 with the next issue being the wedding. Uh, this issue wrapped up the Booster Gold um, storyline, which I hope and it sounds like it's not going to be the end of Booster Gold for us. Uh, but basically he... Bruce Wayne rebuilds Skeets and is like, okay, take me back to um, the time where you, you showed up at Wayne Manor and now everybody's dead. We got to go back to that. And so he tricks him and he takes him back. And, but he takes him back to the night his um, his parents died, like when he was a kid. 
So they're like standing on a roof and young Bruce Wayne is walking down the alleyway. And um, that now there's two Brewster Golds because he just teleports himself back in time to stop himself from saving Bruce's parents. It gets really time paradoxy. So now there's two Brewster Golds, um, one older Bruce Wayne and a younger Bruce Wayne walking in the alley of his parents. Well, older Bruce Wayne shoots at one of the Booster Golds and creates a gunshot. So, like, um, the the Waynes go, oh, maybe we should go down this alley, take the shortcut. And lo and behold, they die. <laughs> um, so did he, are they saying that, like, Booster Gold is the cause of Bruce Wayne's parents' death, maybe? Because, like, you know, this whole time travel paradox thing. Um, who knows? I don't know. I think that's what he's trying to say. But anyways, yeah. the kind yeah, the issue wraps up with like Booster Gold explaining it all to them because they obviously don't remember if it actually did happen. Um, so he's kind of just like sitting there all depressed, like talking to them about it. And that's kind of how it ends. And the next issue is the wedding. Um, yeah, I got my invite at the shop today. Oh, you did? Yeah. Nice. It's a, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be honest. I'm going to go on a rant here. Uh, Bruce... Why the fuck would you have a wedding on July Fourth? Yeah, what the hell? No, I'm just who kidding. does that? But, but yeah, well, who, yeah, I got I got a nice wedding in my comics uh, this week. It was pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. I'll look at him take a sip. There it is. That's my caffeine before I talk about another book. <laughs> um, Kick Ass number four uh, was really cool. There's a lot of science involved in this issue. Um, basically, she gets the drop on these people uh, that are they're they're criminals, but she walks in on this like this crime lord's pad and like they have a cop held hostage that they're going to kill. So she obviously has to rescue this cop, uh, but she gets caught the shit beat out of her and they're like about to kill both of them. And she's like, she uses her environment to kind of get herself out of the situation. She knows that like, Oh, okay. The balloons are filled with hydrogen instead of nitrogen because they wanted to be cheaper with these like birthday party balloons in the shop. And so she like lights those on fire and lights the whole building up and, um, gets out of this. It's very like, you know, Mark Miller, superhero esque. Um, she gets herself out of the situation, but, uh, one of the, her, like, I think it was her sister's husband is actually one of the crime lords. She finds out that night and he gets like hurt in the explosion. So he's in the hospital and they said he's not going to make it. So like now she's kind of like, Oh shit, what do I tell her? Like that she, that her husband's like an evil dude or, yeah. So it's pretty good. Um, it's definitely, uh, it's like, you know, Kick-Ass is back, kind of, but it's a different take on it. I really enjoy it. I I mean, John Romita doing the art is just like, you know, just like he was doing back then on the original. So uh, that was really good. Um, I had Gideon Falls number three. I only got like halfway through it, so I'm not finished reading it yet. Um, but that's kind of, they're doing the interaction of the one guy, the um, the therapist thought he was crazy saying that he was seeing this barn and had to collect all these garbage pieces about this this black barn that he's having in his visions and she actually the last issue she sees she sees the barn she gets like a a vision of it so she goes to him um to kind of confront him about it and talk about it uh justice league no justice number two. Oh yeah oh yeah um this is pretty crazy there's a lot going on in this book uh, the teams are basically broken up into four four justice leagues and they all have to, they all have to go to a separate tree on this planet and kind of like revive the trees, I guess, to kind of save the planet. It was really, uh, 
really convoluted plan, I think. Um, which, I mean, it was cool. I mean, we got to see Martian Manhunter and Starro working together. Uh, you got to see all the magical users working together, which was really cool. Um, the part where like Superman, Superman and them discover that there's like a, one of the trees is filled with like pocket universes was nuts. Yeah. Um, all while this is happening, they're kind of fighting on this planet. Uh, Waller and green arrow are, uh, are looking for the, um, what is it called? The life seed. It's part of earth. Something yeah, like that. something like that. Which I don't know too much about. Um, I guess it's like, I don't know if it's, it's what that the ancient beings are coming after. They want to eat those things or destroy the earth. I don't know. All I really got from it was that if it was activated, they were fucked. Yeah, and it was and activated, right? It was definitely <laughs> activated, so... <laughs> I don't really know much more than that. They said it was activated, they'd be, it'd be bad, and it was activated, so something that's going to happen on Earth. And um, uh, I, was, I was kind of uh, laughing at myself because for some reason, Cyborg turned his suit red. Yeah, yeah that so was Iron Man. He's basically just Iron Man now. Yeah, they, yeah the, each, each Justice League has their own color, kind of, and uh, Cyborg just happens to be red. Which is funny. Um, it's funny because Beast Boy's on the team with all the villains. Yeah, like, it was, that was that was a really weird like yeah. team up. Yeah, so I wonder like what Beast Boy's done in his past to like get on the team full of shitty people. <laughs> <laughs> That's the story I want to hear. What has he done? Um, yeah, but it's really good. I'm excited to see how these books spin off. Uh, it's I mean this is definitely it's definitely the. Uh, the prologue to everything, this four, these four issues. So it's kind of like setting everything up still. Yeah. And, uh, last issue, we got the death of Brainiac and yep. this issue, we meet up with Brainiac 2.0. So yeah, the new Brainiac. <laughs> so yeah, the whole issue they're fighting at the center of one of the trees as a prison to free, uh, the main prisoner in it. Oh, it happens to be Brainiac 2.0. So, I don't know if this is his whole plan along. Like he knew Amanda Waller was going to hack him. I don't know. I'm still very confused with all this. So my my basic question for this whole series is where where is Darkseid? Is it yeah. not supposed to be on one of these teams? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? He uh, they're definitely going to have to enlist him at some point. I would assume. Was that all yeah. you read? Yeah, that's uh, that's what I read this week. Um, I'm still reading through. Uh, uh, Black Hammer Volume Two. So I'm doing that while I'm reading all these. I think that was it. All right. Yeah, Kickass, Batman, Justice League, No Justice, and then I had Gideon Falls. Okay. Well, I got the Mighty Thor at the Gates of Valhalla. So this is like a prelude to the new Thor, while being a summary of the old Thor. I don't know what you call that, but so there's a lot of like. Stuff about Jane Foster in here. Um, Thor's daughters from the, or I'm sorry, Thor's granddaughters from the far future come back to meet her. Mm -hmm. We go through this whole thing and we get the, they basically let it loose that at some point the mighty Thor has something to do with the war of uh, the realms, which is still yet to happen. So I don't think we've seen the last of the mighty Thor. And then we get kind of Malkith getting ready for the war of the realms and setting that all up. 
um, to prepare us for the next Thor book. It was pretty good, but if uh, you haven't read any Thor, it's a terrible place to start. <laughs> you get very confused. <laughs> yeah. I, I should definitely not read it. Um, Avengers number two. So here we got like the team finally coming together and a lot of stuff with uh, uh, the Marvel Trinity and the, these other characters coming to them. And basically just fighting Celestials. A lot of what we're seeing in No Justice is happening here. Mm-hmm. And uh, But the cool, kind of the, the big fight here is that somehow She-Hulk gets transported somewhere else and she runs into Ghost Rider and they end up fighting each other. But uh, at the end of the day, we find out that, surprise, surprise, Loki's behind everything. Oh, wow. The trickster himself. And then... Uh, the other book I was able to get to this week, I tried out the new Challengers book. Oh, yeah, I saw that came out. Because, uh, yeah, Scott Snyder's a part of it. It's part of their New Age of Heroes thing. I've been trying all those out. Um, It's pretty good, but not for me. Yeah. <laughs> um, So I don't know much about the Challengers, but, I mean, apparently there are people who have died and they're sent to this other realm, and then they have to go on these missions for some dude like star trek kind of yeah and uh i don't know it didn't really do it for me but i guess yeah it's well written and i'm sure if uh you've liked the challenges in the past you will enjoy this and who did the art because the art was really good andy kubert so yeah andy oh, kubert yeah. does the art so you know it's yeah. fantastic yeah really good art he did master race no uh no he didn't yeah was he yeah he helped out with master race yeah yep so yeah uh Good book. I won't be picking up any further, but that's just mm-hmm. because it doesn't fit in my face. Yep. So, Mike, I guess that's everything. Wow. All right. Well, in case anyone's wondering, they can find me at Fortress Ricker on Twitter. And uh, where can the find people find you, Chris? Well, if you want to find just me, you can find me at cool. Fortress Chris. If you want to find the show on the internet, you can go to FortressComicNews.com, where everything we do is posted on that website or Twitter at FCN underscore official where everything we do is also posted. And then uh, if you are so inclined and you want to throw us a buck or two and help us out with some of the stuff we do here and help us grow, patreon.com slash forces comic news. And remember, if you're already listening to the show, it's already happened, but Mondays at six o'clock, the show first premieres on Twitch at twitch TV, twitch.tv slash forces comic news. That'll be the first place you can see the show. After that, it goes live on YouTube and iTunes, as well as other podcast services. So if you want to watch us on Twitch, do it there. If you want to watch us other places, do all the fun stuff there to help us out. The thumbs up, the subscribes, the reviews, all that stuff. And uh, thank you, everybody, because the last episode with Jeff Lemire uh, destroyed every other show we've done. (laughs) (laughs) As expected. Hopefully, we got a bunch of new listeners here. And if we did, thanks for joining us here. We're having a fun time. And uh, it's been amazing to watch the show grow. So hopefully you stick around even longer because Jeff Lemire is only the beginning. Yes, just the beginning. So bye, everybody. See ya. I'm going to fade away from Mike. And music.